Good morning, Idaho. I hope you're having a wonderful morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening to this. Welcome to the Local Yokel Idaho podcast, where we talk about what is going on in the wonderful state of Idaho. Welcome to the morning banter. This is kind of where I uh, just talk about some general stuff about Idaho, a little bit more laid back before we get into the bulk of the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed that uh, intro music. I decided I wanted to do something a little festive for the month. I didn't want to change a ton of stuff for the podcast and things, but I thought adding that little bit more of a Christmassy intro was uh, good. Also hope you guys had a wonderful Cyber Monday and got some fantastic deals. I know I did some other mic equipment and different things for the podcast that I normally otherwise wouldn't have been willing to pull the trigger on. But on the flip side, I'm recording this a little early, so it might change, but it looks like it's pretty sure it's going to happen. Um, but for here in the valley, Treasure Valley area, it looks like we're going to get a ton of snow this Sunday. And so to all the listeners there in the Treasure Valley, yay, snow! It's one of my favorite things. I love snow in the winter. Personally, I can't stand rain in the winter. Every time it rains in the winter or fall, I'm always like, could you have please just snowed? Please, please. Why, you may ask? Well, when it's wintertime, everything just looks so dead and cold and everything, and the white makes it look so much better. It puts a beautiful blanket over all the dead leaves and foliage and all the stick trees that some giant put in the ground and everything, and it makes it look all nice. Or in the rain, makes it look all soggy and makes it just look worse. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you, when we have rain in the spring, I love it. There's all this greenery and life and everything's coming you know, to life and everything in the spring, and it makes it amazing, and I love it. But when it rains in the winter, it, it, it just makes it worse. Granted, that's for the Treasure Valley. I have I would probably have a totally different tune if I lived up north where there's more timber and trees and stuff that are evergreen all year. Then I wouldn't care that much because it's green, you know. As long as it's green and it's raining, I'm happy. But once you, like, lose all the greenery and everything and it rains, it just drives me bat loony. Not as much the clouds, just the wetness of everything. Run in the snow. The snow is not wet unless I touch it. It's all beautiful. It blankets everything. It muffles all the sounds and everything. It usually kind of helps cut down on the wind, depending on the situation. But anyway, I know that for the rest of the state, I've been watching kind of on Twitter and things that there has been a lot of snow happening, especially um, on the eastern part of the state. You guys have been getting a lot. But then up north, I had a friend that was visiting for Thanksgiving that's up there in Moscow at the college. And he, I was like, so you enjoying the snow? And he's like, what snow? We've barely had any. And I was like, oh, OK. I thought you guys would have had a lot more being up that far north, but apparently they haven't. Um, so who knows? Maybe we'll have a white Christmas this year. Maybe I'm jinxing it by saying that. But I really, really, really hope here in the Treasure Valley we do. I know the rest of the state, you're all laughing at me like, you know, Tyler. We do have white Christmases every single year. Be quiet. We don't want another white one. It's a nightmare. But for me, I just, I love, so I don't care about all the drawbacks of my car getting iced up and um, everything else. It just looks so nice. And I will take the extra time. I personally love to snow shovel. Now that might be because I don't get it to have to do it as much as other people, but I personally love it. So a lot of the detractors there for snow, I, I love and it's enjoyable. But who knows? Hopefully here in the Treasure Valley, we'll get a white Christmas because we don't always get that. Sometimes we get rainy Christmases and it's just like, um, but on the flip side, coming back to less like weather related um, topics to talk about, I have some exciting news for the podcast. I have started a Twitter account for the podcast so you guys can uh, I'll hopefully I'm trying to be active on there tweeting about different stuff, watching some of the events going on and that will be a lot quicker 
than uh, the weekly podcast coming out. I'm not going to try to report on everything there because, of course, I want you guys to hopefully listen to the podcast over here, but um, I will definitely try to quote stuff and um, also interact with you guys if you want to tweet. It's a little bit of a quicker, easier way than email. I know for some people that can be a little bit of a barrier with Twitter. You can just sit down, go and send it off. Um, so that will be a nice way for you guys to connect. And then also if there's things that you guys want to share, that's another thing I really would encourage you guys that I don't think I have. If there's events or news that like on the previous week that I didn't cover that a lot of you really do want me to cover or something, then, you know, tweet me or send me an email and let me know about that because I know I'm probably missing stuff every single week. Um, when I'm doing this because, you know, I, I'm only one person. My net can only get so large. So if you guys help me out with interesting news articles or events that you guys really want, if you know someone who has an event or something that wants it on here more publicly, um, then just hit me up and get me their info or whatever so I can verify that that's an actual event. Or if they have like a website, then send me a link to that and I can go check it out. Um, because I would love to utilize, you know, you guys out there that, you know, if you love stuff around and you know about stuff, let me know. And so then other people can enjoy and take into that. And on the flip side, another thing kind of tied with the Twitter stuff is that we have a YouTube channel. Now this episode, I think will be the first one on YouTube. That way it will be easier to be kind of shareable for you guys. Um, I know with podcasts, some person's like, I'm on iTunes, I'm on Spotify, I'm over on Google Podcast, and it makes it a little bit difficult to be able to share it around um, and for people to talk about it and stuff. But with the YouTube channel, I hope to have that. So it's something that everyone has. You can share that with everyone. And hopefully if I can manage to find the time, make some more short form content. So for little clips, if there's some event that's like really cool that's happening or some news article, I'll make a shorter clip. I can't make shorts for every um, thing that's on the podcast, but I'm hoping to be able to make some little short bits that then you could share around other people that don't know about the podcast. They'd be like, hey, I heard about this. And then you could share the little short clip it or stuff. Um, we'll see. Hopefully that can uh, happen, but I'm excited. We got the two things. We'll see if I'm able to keep up with them. Lord willing, of course. Um, but yeah, I think that's everything for the banter this morning. Biggest thing is just go check out, go follow the Twitter account, go check out the YouTube channel. Um, and if you have any uh, requests for events or info that you think I missed or stuff, I will definitely go back if there's an event or if you know of an event in the future that's coming up. Um, do let me know. You know, don't don't feel like, oh, it's too far out or it's too short. You know, I can kind of sometimes get things to fit in here really er, uh, late in production. So do send me a message and stuff and I can try to fit that in. Anyway, we'll uh, jump into the rest of the uh, holiday and interesting events for the week. Starting off the week here with holidays and interesting events, we have Monday, the 5th of December, which is International Ninja Day. As for in history, in 1848, U.S. President James K. Polk triggered the gold rush by confirming the discovery of gold in California. In 1926, Carlo Gambino married Catherine Castellano. In 1933, the U.S. ended Prohibition. In 1943, Diana Shore married George Montgomery. In 1945, Flight 19 made of uh, five torpedo bombers and 14 airmen disappeared in the Bermuda Triangles. In 2001, Ocean's Eleven premiered. And lastly, in 2017, Russia was banned from the Winter Olympics over state-sponsored doping. As for birthdays, Monday was George Armstrong Custer's, Walt Disney's, and Little Richard's birthday. 
As for deaths, in 1784, Phyllis Wheatley died. In 1791, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart died. In 1870, Alexander Dumas died. In 1973, Robert Watson Watt died. And lastly, in 2013, Nelson Mandela died. Moving on to Tuesday, the 6th of December, which is National Miners Day, St. Nicholas Day, and World Trickshot Day. As for in history, in 1240, the Mongols destroyed Kiev. Out of 50,000 people, only 2,000 survived. In 1865, the United States ratified the 12th Amendment, abolishing slavery. In 1885, the aluminum capstone was set atop the Washington Monument, making it the tallest human-built structure in the world. And in 2006, NASA revealed photos taken by the more, not Moors, Mars Global Surveyor suggesting the presence of water on Mars. As for birthdays, Tuesday was Gene Houdini's and Agnes Moorhead's birthday, and is Andrew Cromo's 64th and Stephanie Scott's 25th birthday. As for deaths, in 343 AD, St. Nicholas died. In 1889, Jefferson Davis died. In 1892, Werner von Simons died. In 1955, Honus Wagner died. And lastly, in 1996, Peter Rosell died. Wednesday, Wednesday the 7th of December is National Cotton Candy Day and Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. As for in history, in 1909, Leo Bakeland patented the first thermal setting plastic. In 1941, the Imperial Japanese Navy, with 353 planes, attacked the U.S. Pacific Fleet at Pearl Harbor, killing 2,403. In 1979, Star Trek The Motion Picture premiered. And lastly, in 1988, the PLO delegation recognized the existence of the State of Israel for the first time. As for birthdays, Wednesday was Gian Bernie's birthday, and is Noam Chomsky's 23rd, Johnny Bench's 74th, and Larry Bird's 65th birthday. As for deaths, in 43 BC, Cicero died. In 1970, Rube Goldberg died. In 1975, Thornton Wilder died. In 1977, Peter Goldmark died. And in 2011, Harry Morgan died. Thursday, Thursday the 8th of December is National Crossword Solvers Day and Brownie Day. So, you know, make some brownies up while you're doing a crossword puzzle, maybe? I don't know. As for in history, in 1813, Beethoven's Seventh Symphony in A premiered in Vienna. In 1863, Abraham Lincoln issued his amnesty, amnesty, my bad, amnesty proclamation and reconstruction plan for the South. In 1941, the U.S. and Britain declared war on Japan, thus pulling the U.S. into World War II. In 1941, U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt de delivered his speech of Day of Infamy to Congress. Highly recommend listening to that. Quite enjoyed it. And also in 1953, Dwight D. Eisenhower gave his Atoms of Peace speech to the United Nations. Also recommend. I didn't ever have... I didn't hear it before, and then I listened to this when I found this for the script. Very good. Highly recommend it. And lastly, in 1966, the U.S. and USSR signed a treaty prohibiting nuclear weapons in outer space. As for birthdays, Thursday was Eli Whitney's and Jim Morrison's birthday, and is Nicki Minaj's 39th birthday. As for deaths, Thursday in 1942, Albert Kahn died. In 1958, Trist Speaker died. In 1963, Robert Lawrence Jr. died. In 1980, John Lennon died. And lastly, in 2016, John Glenn died. Friday, Friday the 9th of December is National Christmas Card Day and National Pastry Day. So, you know, maybe make up some tasty goodies or go out and get some and then do your Christmas cards. 
As for in history, in 1212, Friedrich II was crowned king of Germany. In 1854, Alfred Tennyson's poem, Charge of the Light Brigade, was published. In 1953, Milton Berle married Ruth Cosgrove. In 1956, Bill Russell married Rose Switcher. In 1968, NLS was publicly demonstrated for the first time. And lastly, in 1992, U.S. Marines landed in Somalia. As for birthdays, Friday was John Milton's, Clarence Birdseye's, Margaret Hamilton's, Grace Hopper's, Kirk Douglas's, and Bob Hawke's birthday. As for deaths, Friday in 1933, Gustav Dahlen died. In 1965, Branch Rickey died. In 1971, Ralph Bunch died. And lastly, in 1998, Archie Moore died. Saturday, Saturday, December 10th is International Human Rights Day and Nobel Prize Day. As for in history, in 1520, Martin Luther publicly burned the Papal Edict. In 1799, the metric system was adopted in France. In 1884, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn was first published in the UK and Canada. In 1901, the Nobel Priest Prize was awarded to Jen Duent the founder of the Red Cross. In 1947, Ellen Fitzgerald married Ray Brown. In 1962, the film Lawrence of Arabia premiered. And in 1941, the Nobel Peace Prize was presented to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. As for birthdays, Saturday was William Garrison's, Ada Lovelace's, Emily Dickinson's, Victor McLaglin's, and Nellie Saxon's birthday. As for deaths, in 1896, Alfred Noble died. In 1946, Walter Johnson died. In 1967, Otis Redding died. And in 2005, Richard Pryor died. Sunday, Sunday the 11th of December is National Gingerbread House and Poinsettia Day. As for in history, in 1620, the Mayflower Pilgrims came ashore at Plymouth Bay. In 19... 13, the Mona Lisa was recovered after two years. In 1931, the Statutes of Westminster gave complete legislative independence to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and Newfoundland. As for birthdays, Sunday was Robert Kof's, Annie Cannon's, and is Alexander Solzhenitsyn's birthday. And it also is Haley Seinfeld's 25th birthday. As for deaths, Sunday in 2008, Betty Page died, and in 2001, Anne Rice died. Moving on with upcoming events, I'm going to read the timestamps for each town. That way you can jump to whichever town you're interested in, thus saving you time. Starting off with Boise at 16 minutes, Meridian at 19 minutes, 21 seconds, Nampa at 20 minutes, 24 seconds, Middleton at 22 minutes, 21 seconds, Caldwell at 22 minutes, 40 seconds, Weezer at 24 minutes, 42 seconds, Eagle at 25 minutes, 8 seconds, Star at 26 minutes, 32 seconds, Cuna at 26 minutes, 42 seconds, Emmett at 27 minutes, 14 seconds, Twin Falls at 28 minutes, 11 seconds, Pocatello at 30 minutes, 13 seconds, Idaho Falls at 34 minutes, 59 seconds, Rexburg at 38 minutes, McCall at 39 minutes, 28 seconds, Cascade at 41 minutes, 21 seconds, Lewiston at 41 minutes, 54 seconds, Moscow at 42 minutes, 55 seconds, Coeur d'Alene at 44 minutes, 53 seconds, Post Falls at 45 minutes, 20 seconds, and Sam Point at 46 minutes, 13 seconds. Events end at 64 minutes, 44 seconds.
Starting off with Boise, we've got a bunch of things here for City. Monday today, there is a Planning and Zoning Commission meeting at 5 p.m. at Boise City Hall. Then moving on to Tuesday, there is a City Council work session and meeting at the Boise City Hall. The work session is at 3.30 p.m. and the meeting is at 6 p.m. Then Wednesday, there is an Art and History Commission meeting at 3.30 p.m. at the Boise City Hall. Then also Wednesday, there is a Open Space and Clean Water Advisory Committee at 4 p.m. at the Boise Depot. And finishing off Wednesday, there is a Public Works Commission meeting at 4 p.m. at the Boise City Hall. Then Wednesday, there is a Site-Wide Advisory Committee at 3 p.m. at Boise City Hall. Then next Monday, December 12th, there is a Planning and Zoning Commission meeting at 6 p.m. at Boise City Hall. And then next Tuesday, December 12th, there is a City Council work session and meeting at Boise City Hall. The work session is at 8 a.m. and the meeting is at 12 p.m. As for performances, Friday, Connor J. Lease will be performing at the Barbarian Downtown Beer Bar from 7.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. He will be playing old-time Idaho music inspired by Western Frontier. And then starting Friday at the Morrison Center, they will have performances of the Nutcracker. They have one show Friday, two Saturday, and two on Sunday. For times, check below. The costs are between $46 a ticket to $82 a ticket. Then Saturday, Anuheas Alice Bright Tour will be performing at the Egyptian Theater at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $24.50. And then next Monday, December 12th, the Boise Contemporary Theater is having a children's reading series at 6 p.m. Quote, the audience members will experience professional actors bringing engaging stories to life, plus free pizza and cookies. Prices range from $10 to $40. As for fun, Tuesday there is a clay ornament workshop from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at 2417 West Bank Drive, Suite B2, Boise. The class is $65 a person is for and is for ages 6 plus. Then starting Friday, there is a free carriage rides at the corner of Bannock and Ninth Street from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. It ends December 17th. Check below for all the dates. Then starting Friday, the Idaho Department of Parks and Recreation is having a Trim the Trees event at the Discovery Unit of Lucky Peak State Park. They will be making pine cone, bird feeders, and gardens and have hot cocoa provided. They're, the only fee is the entrance fee to get in, so check below for times and days because they have a bunch of them. I didn't want to have to list them all here. Then Sunday, the Boise Depot is having a holiday open house from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. It is free to attend. There will be face painting, story time, reading of the Polar Express, pictures with Santa, and wonderful food. And then lastly, and other things, just one thing here, Friday and Saturday, there is a fiddle band workshop at 3942 North Faraday Plain, Boise, F-A-R-A-D-A-Y. They will have national renowned musicians there to help you and teach you, and all levels are welcome. For times, check below. For more information about anything I talked about, go to the Boise City website or check the link in the description below. Meridian, we just have one thing for city stuff. Tuesday, there is a city council work session and meeting at the Meridian City Hall. The work session is at 4.30 p.m. and the meeting is at 6 p.m. Moving with performances, Saturday, there is a Christmas recital from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. at... Dunkley Music Store, they will have two groups performing. Then for fun, Friday, there is a free Christmas dinner for military families from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. at 7189 South Eagle Road, Meridian. And then also moving on to Saturday, there is a gingerbread house decorating with CMI event 
from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. at Kleiner Park. You'll need to pre-register and there is an admissions cost, but they don't stay there, so I would go look for that a little bit. And then as for other things, Thursday, there is a Hidden Gem Shop downtown event from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Hidden Gems. They will have tons of Christmas-themed stuff and 10-plus vendors. For more information about anything I talked about, go to the Meridian City website or check the link in the description below. Nampa, there's a couple things here for city. You got one, two, three. Monday today, there is a city council meeting from 5.30 p.m. to 10 p.m. The location is not stated. I assume it's at City Hall. Then next Monday, December 12th, there is an airport commission meeting from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. at 107 North P-I-L-A-T-U-S Lane, Nampa. Then next Tuesday, December 13th, not 12th, 13th, there is a planning and zoning commission meeting from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. There again, they do not state the location, so you might want to give them a call if you're interested in going to that. Moving on to performances, Thursday, Bill Burr will be in town at the Fort Idaho Center at 8 p.m. For those of you that don't know, he is a comedian. Then Thursday, the Nam Pacific Center has a performance of the Secret Garden from 7.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. I've seen this play before. I've loved it. I would highly recommend taking it. For kids' ages, I mean, maybe not below like six, would I say. I mean, if you've got a really mature seven-year-old, they might like it, but maybe above 10 is where I'd go for it, but very enjoyable. Recommend it. Then starting Friday, going till Sunday, there is a Jurassic Quest event at the Fort Idaho Center. They will have large robotic animatronic dinosaurs there. Saturday and Sunday, it is from 9 a.m. and Friday, it is at 1 p.m. Tickets start at $19 plus and then they go up. For anyone that has kids that love dinosaurs, this will be amazing. I highly recommend you give a look at it and see some of the images to see if it would fit well for your kid. Then as for fun stuff, Saturday, there is an event called The Spill Coming Home from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Flying M Coffee Shop. It is an open mic storytelling night. To share your interesting stories, check below for more information. And as in other stuff, Saturday, there is a Nampa Farmer's Market Winter Wonderland event from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. in downtown Nampa. For more information about anything talked about, go to the Nampa City website or check the links in the description below. Middleton. Hey, long time no see. We got an event here. Saturday, there is the Middleton Christmas event with Santa's Workshop from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the Community Center. So yeah, you guys, you had something. So I decided oh, I'll add you on here. Uh, for more information about anything I talked about, go to the link in the description below. Caldwell, we've got one, two, three things for city. Monday today, there is a city council workshop and meeting at the Caldwell the Police Department. The workshop is from 5.30 p.m. to 6.55 p.m. And the meeting is from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Wednesday, there is a Mayor's Youth Advisory Council from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. at the Caldwell Police Department. And then lastly, next Monday, December 12th, there is an Urban Renewal Agency meeting from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. at the Caldwell Police Department. In fun things, we got two things here. Friday, there is a wreath making class from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. at the Homedale Public Library. There is a sign up of $10, no charge, kind of a $10 charge fee to sign up for that. And then Saturday, there is an ugly sweater 5K from 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. at the Wittenberg, W-H-I-T-T-E-N-B-E-R-G-E-R Park. It is between $35 to $50 to sign up. In other things, Tuesday, there is a books giveaway at the YMCA from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the Caldwell YMCA. It is the third annual holiday book giveaway for youth under 17. They get a brand new book. 
and get to select a book for a loved one with the donation of new books. It's not completely free. You do have to donate some books to get that benefit. Then Thursday, there is an afternoon reading from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the Caldwell Public Library. They will be reading and discussing Ross McDonald's The Chills. The class is, or the reading group is 18 plus, so you have to be above 18. Join, I assume, because it might be a bit of a scary story. And then Saturday, the Parma, or Parma's having their Christmas nightlight parade is happening at 7 p.m. in downtown Parma. So if you didn't get enough with the uh, Caldwell nightlight parade last week, you can uh, join on this that this week. For more information about any of the things talked about, go to the Caldwell City website or check the link in the description below. Weezer, just one event here in the fun category. Wednesday, there is a 4-H game programming after-school series from 4 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. at 116 West Idaho Street. They'll be learning about computer science and through game programming. It's an ongoing event. It's about $35 for the year program, so maybe wait until they reset or you could contact them to figure that out. For more information about what I talked about, check the link in the description below. Eagle, a little heavy on the uh, city events here. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven city events. I think you guys have more event city events than you do have actual activities, so this will be interesting. But uh, starting off Monday today, there is a planning and zoning commission meeting at 6 p.m. at the council chambers. And then also today, Monday, there is a public hearing on annexation and rezoning with Colin Marks LLS at the council chambers. Then Tuesday, there is an Eagle Urban Renewal Agency meeting at 6 p.m. at the council chambers. Wednesday, there is coffee with the mayor from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. at the council chambers. And then Thursday, there is the mayor's youth advisory council meeting. It is canceled. And then also Thursday, there is a design and review board meeting at 6 p.m. at the council chambers. And then lastly, next Tuesday, December 13th, there is a city council meeting from 5.30 or not from or at uh, 5.30 p.m. at the council chambers. Nothing in f performances, but for fun stuff, Wednesday and Saturday, there's a, or Wednesday, I think it's Wednesday, sa yeah, Wednesday and Saturday, there's a Christmas sugar cookie decorating class at the City of Eagle Community Home. Wednesday, it is at 7 p.m. and Saturday, it is at 11 a.m. The class is $45 a person. For more information about anything talked about, go to the Eagle City website or check the link in the description below. Star, just uh, one thing here. Next Wednesday, December 14th, is the deadline to enter for the holiday light up star competition. Check below for more information. CUNA, we've got three events here. I'm not going to skip you guys. I'm going to go over them. Two of them are city, one of them is another thing. Uh, Tuesday, tomorrow, there is a city council meeting at 6 a.m. at the CUNA City Hall. And then next Tuesday, December 13th, there is a planning and zoning commission meeting at 6 p.m. at the CUNA City Hall. As for another thing, Saturday, the CUNA Nightlight Parade from 12 p.m. is happening from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. downtown. For more information about anything talked about, go to the CUNA City website or check the links in the description below. Emmett got uh, two things here for City. Monday today, there is a Zoning Commission hearing from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. The location is not stated. And then next Tuesday, December 13th, there is a council meeting from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Location also not stated, so you might need to make some phone calls there. As for performances, Tuesday, there is a Christmas concert presented by the Emmett Women's Choir. It is from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Emmett High School Auditorium. The admission is $5 a person. In other events, Wednesday, there is a ribbon cutting ceremony for the Corner Deli from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. 
And then Saturday and Sunday, there is the second annual Christmas Bazaar at 400 South Pine Street. Saturday, it is from 10 a.m. from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And Sunday, it is from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. For more information about anything to talked about, go to the Emmett City website or check the links in the description below. Twin Falls, a little bit of a long one here. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven city events. So I guess we'll kick it off here. Monday today, there is a Historic Preservation Commission meeting from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Location not stated, like most of these. Monday today, also, there is a City Council meeting from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Then Tuesday, there is a Public Art Commission meeting from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Thursday, there is an Impact Fee and Improvement Refurbishment Commission meeting from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Next Monday, December 12th, there is a City Council meeting from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. And then next Tuesday, December 13th, there is a Park and Recreation Commission meeting from 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. And then next Tuesday, December 13th, there is a Planning and Zoning Commission meeting at 6 p.m. at the Council Chambers. They stated that. Hopefully, maybe the rest of those up there are at the Council Chambers. I'm not sure. Moving on into performances, we've got one here. Thursday, there is the a, uh, Winter Jazz Symphonic Band Concert at 8.30 p.m. at CSI Fine Art Center. Admission is free, and donations would be encouraged and be helpful for them. As for fun stuff, Friday, there is a dinner and dancing event from 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Snake River Elk Lodge. A plate is about $20 a person for the dinner, but dances start at about 7 p.m., so if you want to kind of uh, skip that first half there and just go to the dancing. There will be live music by the Shadows Band. And then Friday, there is a the Twin Falls Nightlight Parade at 6 p.m. downtown. And then in other stuff, Saturday, there is a winter holiday vendor event from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at 530 S-H-O-S-H-O-N-E Street, West Twin Falls. I think that covers up here. For more information about anything that's talked about, go to the Twin Falls City website or check the links in the description. Pocatello, like usual, we've got a lot to go through here Tuesday. There is a site planning review meeting from 1.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the council chambers. Then also Tuesday, there is a Pocatello Arts Council meeting from 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. at the council chambers. Then moving on to Wednesday, there is a child care advisory meeting from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. at the council chambers. Uh, Wednesday, there is a Historic Preservation Commission meeting from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the council chambers. Then moving on to Thursday, there is a city council work session from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the council chambers. Also Thursday, there is a hearing examiner meeting from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. at the council chambers. Then moving on to next week, next Monday, December 12th, there is a Mayor's Youth Advisory Council meeting from 3.15 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. at the council chambers. And then also next Monday, December 12th, there is a Human Relations Advisory Committee meeting from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. at the Council Chambers. Then the next couple, the last of them here, are from next Tuesday, December 13th. There's the Regional Airport Commission meeting from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. at the Pocatello Regional Airport. And then also there is a site planning review meeting from 1.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the Council Chambers. And then lastly, next Tuesday, December 13th, 13th, there is a Sister Cities Foundation meeting from 5.15 p.m. to 6.15 p.m. at the Council Chambers. Moving on to performances, Monday, the there is the Groveland Christmas Concert from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. at 
BPAC and Blackfoot. They don't give a lot of info, so you might need to make a phone call there. Then Tuesday, AJ Crochet will be performing from 7.30 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Stevens Performing Arts Center. Tickets range from $30 to $40. Then also Tuesday, there is the Stalker Christmas program from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. at BPAC in uh, Blackfoot. Then Wednesday, there is the Wapello Christmas concert from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. at BPAC in Blackfoot. And then Friday, Nathan Pacheco will be holding a concert from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. at the Stevens Performing Arts Center. Call 208-828-3595 for more information. Then moving on to Saturday, tentatively, there is a Snake River Strings will be performing at from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Yeah, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. I got there at BPAC in Blackfoot. So you might need to call them. It says tentatively on their listing. Also Saturday, Kurt Bester will be performing Christmas songs from 7.30 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Stevens Performing Arts Center. Tickets range from $36 to $40. And then there is a performance of A Christmas Carol throughout the week at 7.30 p.m. at 195 North Broadway Street, Blackfoot, Idaho. For days and times, check the link below. There was a ton of them. I didn't want to go through all of them. So if you're interested in that, do check it out. Tickets are about $10 a person. Moving on to into fun things. Tuesday, there is a science trivia event from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the Jim Dandy Brewing. Then we move on to Friday. There is Christmas in the Park event from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. at the Cotent Park, C-O-T-A-N-T Park. There will be hang-up lights, there will be live music, and lots of good food to consume. Uh, Then moving on to Saturday, there is a family clay mugs or Christmas tree event from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. at 525 East Center Street, Twin Falls. It costs $30 for two hours of instruction, supplies, and time with the kiln to cook your mugs and everything. Also Saturday, there's, yeah, the next two are Saturday. Saturday, there is a swing dance lesson event from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. at 615 South 1st Avenue. Class is $5, and they'll be covering country swing, two-step, and line dance. Also Saturday, there is Stockings for Wildlife event from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Idaho Zoo. Costs $75, and they'll be making stockings filled with treats for the animals. In other events, Monday t- today, there is a Christmas DIY craft class from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Rustic Rose. Check below for pricing. And then Saturday, there is an air gun event from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Oregon Trail Shooting Range. It is $5 and then five additional if you are a guest. For more information about anything talked about, go to the Pocatello City website or check the links in the description below. Idaho Falls got a couple things for city here. Monday, today, there is a city council work session from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the council chambers. Then Tuesday, there is an Idaho Falls Downtown Development Corporation board meeting from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. at the Willards Art Center. Then Thursday, there is a city council meeting from 7.30 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the council chambers. Then moving on to next week, next Monday, December 12th, there is a city council work session from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the council chambers. And then next Tuesday, December 12th, there is an impact fee advisory committee meeting from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. at the city annex conference room a-n-n-e-x as for performances we got a bunch here today monday today there is a choir performance called a sound or a sounds christmas 
from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Civic Center for Performing Arts. Admission is free. Also Monday today, there is a Groveland Christmas concert from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. at the BPAC in Blackfoot. They don't give a lot of info, so you will need to probably give them a phone call if you're interested. Then Tuesday, there is the Stalker Christmas program from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. at BPAC in Blackfoot. Most of these are BPAC. Wednesday, there is a Wapello Christmas concert from 8 p.m. to, or from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. I got it mixed up there at uh, BPAC in Blackfoot. And then Saturday, Saturday tentatively, they said tentatively on their listing. So it may or may not happen. You might want to check as of listening to this if that's still happening. Um, there is the Snake River Strings will be performing from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Yeah, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. at BPAC in Blackfoot. So I might want to check that out. And then Saturday, there is the annual Idaho Falls Christmas Corollaires concert, concert from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Hillcrest Performing Arts Center. As for fun stuff, we got a couple here. Saturday, there's a cowboy Christmas dinner show from 5.15 p.m. to 11.45 p.m. at the Idaho Falls Elk Lodge. Also Saturday, there is a rock around the Christmas tree Christmas ball from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at 2071 12th Street, Idaho Falls. And then every Saturday, including this coming one, there is a horse-drawn trolley ride available from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. until December 17th, which will be their last day. In other events, Monday today, there is an avalanche awareness presentation from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Taylor View Middle School Auditorium. Then jumping to Saturday, there is a Christmas gift 5K. They don't give a lot of information, so you might need to check the link below or give them a phone call. And then lastly, through this week, until January 16th, there is an art collective exhibit from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Art Museum of Eastern Idaho. They'll be showing local art from around the area. For more information about anything I talked about, go to the Idaho Falls City website or check the link in the description below. Rexburg, nothing here for City that I could find. As for performances, Monday today, there is a Joy to the World Community Christmas concert at 7 p.m. at the Romance Theater. Admission is free. Then moving to Wednesday, there is a choir concert from 7.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. at BYU. It is $30 for a student and $6 for the public. Then next Monday, December 12th, there is an Upper Valley Women's Choir concert at 7.30 p.m. They don't state a location, so you might need to bug them about that. As for fun stuff, Tuesday, there is a fencing class from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at BYU. Make sure to register if you're going. And then Wednesday, there is a Jazz Lab band event from 7.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. at BYU. It is thir uh, not $30, $3 for students. $30 would be a lot. $3 for students and $6 for the general public. In other stuff, Monday, there is an Avalanche Awareness presentation from 6 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. at the Rexburg Motorsports. It is free for the public. Then moving on to Friday to our last one, there is a Wonderful Life charitable Christmas event from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Romance Theater. There will be a free viewing of It's a Wonderful Life and free popcorn and drinks available. The event, as said, above, it's all free, uh, but you will need to reserve your spot if you're coming to that. For more information about any things I talked about, go to the Rexburg City website or check the link in the description below. McCall, not a lot for City here, but we've got one thing for performance Sunday. Andy Crosby will be performing at 7 p.m. at the Foster's Club. And then in fun things, Tuesday, December 6th, there is a 
Mediterranean extravaganza from 6.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. is $115 a person. It includes live entertainment, eight wines, and eight taps. Uh, then moving on to Wednesday, there is a Yahtzee with friends from 5.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. at Bistro 45. Also Wednesday, there is a trivia night at 7.30 p.m. at the Foster's Club. Then Thursday, there is an open mic night at 6 p.m. at the Salmon River Brewery. And then capping off fun stuff, Saturday, there is the Build Your Own Wreath Bar from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. at 530 Highway 55 McCall. In other events, Thursday to Sunday, the Pump House is having a holiday used book sale from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Do make sure to check those dates. They seem to keep fluctuating as I'm watching them this week. Then Friday, there is an Avalanche Awareness presentation from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the Mile High Power Sports. It is free for the public. Also Friday, there is a FedEx Fish Friday event from 4 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. at Rupert's, R-U-P-E-R-T-S. There will be fresh seafood delivered and ready to be served. Then moving on to Saturday, the weekend, there is a holiday reception by Jess Wagner from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. at Gallery 55. Also Saturday, there is Christmas pictures available from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. at 101 North Main Street for $10. So if you need some Christmas photos out there, sounds like there's a gal that will be down there for you. For more information about anything I talked about, go to the McCall City website or check the link in the description below. Cascade, same old, same old, no performances, but in fun stuff, Friday there is a swing dance class from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's free for all ages to attend. It'll be happening at the Valley Club building. It will be on country and line dancing. If you have any questions, call Steve at 208-861-8486. Friday, there is also a bingo game at the Senior Center from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. For more information about what I talked about, go to the McCall, cast, not McCall, not McCall, the Cascade City website, or check the link in the description below. Lewiston, got two things here for City. Monday, today, there is a City Council work session from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the Lewiston Library. And then next Tuesday, next week, uh, December 12th, there is a City Council meeting from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Lewiston Library. As per performances, we've got one here. Tuesday, there is the Gold Voice LHS choir that will be performing from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. at the Lewiston Library. They don't stay if there's a cost or anything, so I assume it's free. As for fun stuff, Saturday, there is an open makery holiday card making event from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. at the Lewiston Library. All L ages are welcome to come, but you will need to register uh, beforehand. In other events, Wednesday, there is an Avalanche Awareness presentation from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the Hell's Gate State Park Welcoming Center. It is free for the public to attend. For more information about any of the things talked about, go to the Lewiston City website or check the link in the description below. Moscow got a bunch of performances here today. Today, Inland Harmony Chorus will be performing a Holiday Harmonies at 7 p.m. at the Kenworth Performing Arts Center. Admission seems free, but they're asking for donations. Uh, then moving on to Thursday, the Moscow Film Society will be showing The Nightmare Before Christmas at 7 p.m. at the Kenworth Performing Arts Center. Tickets are $7 a person. Then next Thursday, December 5th, there is a Wonderful Life Readers Theater Dinner at 6 p.m. at 511516 Pullman Road. Tickets range from 34.50 to 55 a person. There will be dinner, desserts, and a showing of an abridged version of It's a Wonderful Life. 
Then Saturday and next Monday, December 12th, the Kenworth Center will be showing M Met Live in HD. Saturday, it is at 9.55 a.m. And Monday, it is at 6 p.m. Tickets are $20 for adults and $15 for students. Then next Tuesday, December 13th, there is a showing of Gremlins from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Kenworth Theater. Tickets are $7 a person. And then lastly, Sunday, there is a comedy performance from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the Rant and Raves Brewery. Tickets range from $13 to $20. And fun stuff, Thursday, there is the Light Up the Season Parade downtown from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Then Friday, there is a gingerbread house giveaway from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Story Real Estate. Then Saturday, there is an ugly sweater party at the Moscow Brewery Company from 6 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. There will be live music by the Moscow Mules. And then lastly, next Tuesday, December 13th, there is the Tuesday T-Birds Book Club from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the Moscow Public Library. For more information about anything's talked about, go to the Moscow City website or check the link in the description below. Coeur we got two things here for City. Tuesday, there is a City Council meeting at 6 p.m. at the Library Community Room. And then next Monday, December 12th, there is a General Service slash Public Works Community meeting at 12 p.m. at the Library Community Room. Nothing else. No, I didn't find any performances, fun, or other stuff, so, you know. I, yeah, I got nothing else. For more information about anything's talked about, go to the Coeur City website or check the link in the description below. Post Falls got two things here for City. Tuesday, there is a City Council meeting from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Post Falls City Hall. Then next week, uh, next Tuesday, December 13th, there is a Planning and Zoning Commission meeting from 5.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Post Falls City Hall. As for fun stuff, Saturday, there is a kids' craft fair and dessert social at 12 p.m. at the Northern Country Chapel. In other events, Saturday and Sunday, there is a gun show at 5100 River Bend, R-I-V-E-R-B-E-N-D Avenue, Post Falls. Saturday, it is from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Sunday, it is from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. General admission is $10 a person, and a weekend pass is $15 a person. For more information about anything talked about, go to the Post Falls City website or check the link in the description below. Sandpoint, last one on the list here. For performances, Wednesday, there is a Celtic Christmas performance at 7 p.m. at the Panita Theater. Prices range from $18 to $12. As for fun stuff, Saturday, there's the Festival of Trees from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. at the Priest River Center. There will be photos with Santa and a holiday gala and dancing, which is $65 for eight tickets. For more information on anything talked about, go to the Sandpoint City website or check the links in the description below. Starting off with the news here, we have the first story here, Brig Turnout for the Bonners Ferry Turkey Trot. This comes by the Bonners Ferry Herald by Emily Bonsant. This year, the Bonners Ferry Turkey Trot seems to collected quite a large group of people. I don't know about other trots because I didn't see anything, but the one in Bonners Ferry attracted about 351 runners. They also had runners from the Lewis and Clark State up north, which is pretty cool. After the run, they ate about... Uh, eight pumpkin pies, five gallons of hot chocolate, and four gallons of coffee. So it must have been a good run, and hopefully that was some delicious pumpkin pie. Plus, over 60 prizes were given out by local businesses. All in all, they raised about 1,000 pounds of food donations, which is crazy to hear. 
I know it's like a huge thing to like do the turkey trot things and stuff and I actually personally have never been to one. I've always heard about it and done stuff. But then again, I'm not like, I wouldn't call myself unathletic, but I'm not super athletic. So I guess it's to be expected that I wouldn't be at a hugely athletic event. Plus it's cold in November. So um, one of these days I probably should drop by one, but that good on them. Glad they had a lot of people. I have no idea if the Boise one got a ton or not, but it's cool that they have that as a way to kind of burn off a few extra calories um, before or after the uh, Thanksgiving meal and also raise some wonderful food. Next one here is a little bit of a short and sad one, but there was a vehicle rollover in the Boise foothills. This comes by KTVB7 by the staff over there. Thank you, staff. They don't state who, so I'd give credit if there was a specific person, but I can't. But on November 29th at around 1 p.m., a hunter spotted a vehicle that had rolled over in the Boise foothills. The Idaho Mountain search and rescue was sent. Two groups were sent out, making up about 16 volunteers. After about two hours, they find found a man who had died from his injuries. On Facebook, the rescue unit shared their sympathy for the family and those related to the deceased. Um, I, I've driven up there a couple times in the foothill area during the winter, and it it can get a little sketchy. I mean, for me, I've not uh, seen it be too bad. And then again, I know I'm a bit more of a cautious driver. So I guess if someone was a little intoxicated or not being as careful, it, you could definitely do that. But it's very sad to hear of that event i know maybe it's just me but like whenever i'm driving up in the mountains or up north or even in the foothills i'm always like ah because you like look over especially if you're like in the right lane which is usually the lane that's like on the edge then again if you're going up to mccall or no if you're going up to mccall it's not if you're going up to call it's like on the left side that you would be at the close to the edge but anywho in idaho you know you're just driving and then you kind of are driving and you look over the edge and you're like oh if i just you know turn the wheel another like two to three degrees there goes bye bye me which is just crazy sometimes the margins but then again you know as a universal rule of thumb, most of us here in Idaho know how to drive on more mountain roads and stuff, but then you add the snow effect in there, and then even some experienced drivers can uh, run into some difficulties, but that's that's really sad to hear our condolences, or my condolences, um, to the family and all the people. They didn't state who it was. I assume if you go look at the Facebook post, uh, you could find out the name for that, but we'll move on to the next story here. So a little bit more of an upbeat one here. Lucky 13 changes hands. This comes by the Boise Dev by Donde. So I didn't recognize the name when I first saw it, but apparently it's quite a staple in Boise. It's a pizza restaurant slash pub that's been around since 1980. Granted, they've changed. They had to change locations in like 2007, but apparently the restaurant went up for sale recently and was bought by Bailey and Barry. They wanted to branch out into some new things. Plus, they loved Lucky 13 and didn't want it to be turned into something else. Quote, we didn't want to see Lucky 13 get bought out and changed into a different brand or company, said Bailey. They wanted to keep it what it was, but hopefully improve some of the elements of it. They're also going to be keeping, with that kind of general theme, they're going to be keeping many of the same sandwiches and peaches that were originally there. But they have hired a head cook to help with stuff there and also added three new pizzas to the menu, plus uh, upping the quality of the ingredients. Quote, our big thing is the food. We want to keep Lucky 13, but night and day better. The dough is homemade. The sauce is homemade. Everything is fresh, which is cool to hear. I didn't know about this place. I mean, I lived in Boise for uh, several, several years, especially when I was growing up. And I haven't heard about this place. Might be because of the pub element. I don't know. 
Um, but it sounds like a really cool place. I am tempted now to, when I'm in Boise next time to drop by and try it because it sounds like some really, really great food. I mean, I didn't add it here in my dedicated script for it, but I was reading the article. They were quoting some people that were really enjoying and saying how much the quality had improved once they had hired it on. But I mean, in general terms, um, it is exciting to see um, some of these staple Idaho restaurants, you know, being bought and or being bought by other local Idahoans or being held in some way to keep them traditional. There's a lot of places in the valley that you'll see that, you know, have either been bought or the places, the ground has been bought and then changed. Perfect example of that is like the Waffle House. Um, I haven't heard any news on that. I keep watching for it. But then, you know, when they close their doors, it sounds like they may try to put some restaurant or something on there. And I feel like if you try to put anything there, it's just going to backfire. I, I, I don't know. But like, it's really cool to see some uh, other people in the valley trying to keep up some of the staple Idaho businesses, even ones that I might not have known. I might have missed out about this. I might have seen this and been like, oh no. And then I would have never been able to go see it. But now they bought it and they're kind of doing some improvements. Good. There's a place for keeping with tradition and then there's a place for improving, right? Can't always be tradition, but it also can't always be improvement and change. We have to find a happy middle between the two. Staying with the restaurant theme, sadly, you can't save them all. The Sizzler in Nampa is closing. This comes by the Boise Dev by Gretchen Parsons. Sad to hear, but the Sizzler on Caldwell Boulevard in Nampa is closed earlier in November. It is It had been in business since 1977. Also, as some of you may remember, the Sizzlers in the Boise Mall area closed in 2019. But don't fear, you can still go to Sizzlers in the Meridian location, which is open and doesn't seem to be showing signs of closing. There's also locations in Twin Falls and East Rhino, plus they have 70 other locations out west here. So there's not a ton of fear of Sizzlers going down. I'm not quite sure. I mean, it's been interesting. I used to go when I was younger a lot to the Sizzlers in Boise, and that was always an enjoyable experience for me. But just places like that that are, um, what's the name for it? The open top kind of, or uh, buffets. Yeah, buffets. Serve yourself stuff. Seem to, after the pandemic, be struggling a lot more. I wonder if that's what did a lot of that or just the popularity. A lot more people want efficiency and just wanting to pick something up in the app and go home and eat it or something. That the sit-down stuff, especially in that buffet style because the hygiene and then also the more commitment level isn't as popular as it used to be. I'm, I'm not sure, but it is sad to kind of see that. Hopefully, we will continue to have the Meridian one, so there will always be one here in Boise. I've really enjoyed their stuff and things. But yeah, it's, it's just kind of sad to see as uh, certain businesses and certain things come to a close. Next one here, Top Golf Lighting Issues. This comes by the Boise Dev by Autumn Robertsons. So it seems the new Top Golf place next to the freeway in Meridian has run into some of its first issues. Every place usually does. They have received a great deal of complaints about the lights. Drivers have reported that it is distracting and dangerous for people traveling on I-84, which is right next to it. According to Spencer Stewart, a Top Golf representative, the lights were, quote, carefully planned, end quote, and were compliant with standards. But they have said they have adjusted the lights to hopefully help. Here, quoting Mr. Stewart, we have since adjusted the aiming, calibrated the lights accordingly, and adjusted the timing schedule. We do continue to have select lights on after hours to be in compliance with safety guidelines however these are not the lights that are on during operation we sincerely apologize for any inconvenience the lights caused prior to their calibration also the city of meridian is meeting with top golf to make sure that everything is all right and if not to find a more long-term solution 
kind of a little bit of a sad thing to hear, you know, about that, you know. But there again, kind of to be expected. They've seemed to have hit everything else out of the park. I know I, I need to go. I want to go. I think it's something that would be really cool to go see and kind of experience. Be kind of the first of its kind here in Idaho. But I haven't been quite yet. Um, I have no idea what the prices are. I haven't looked yet to see. But kind of to be expected, I mean, it is rather close to the freeway when I've traveled around the country a little bit. When you see these, usually they're near freeways, but they're a little distance away that like there's other infrastructure and you can kind of see them off in the distance, kind of like different like stadiums and stuff when you travel in other towns. But um, I guess they thought they were going to be fine with this and they're having some issues. Hopefully they'll be able to figure it out. I don't see why you couldn't if you, you know, can narrow your beam, focus them with some convex lenses or they might have to add a little bit more height to the poles. I, I'm not sure. But for me personally, when I've driven past, I haven't had any major issues. But apparently some people have maybe with some of the weather that like if it's snowing or raining really bad and then the brightness of the lights kind of causes the rain and snow to become like this wall. Um, it makes it hard. I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't experienced this, but hopefully they can figure out and come up with a more permanent plan for this. Next story here, new bike paths in Boise. This comes by the Boise Dev by Margaret Carmel. So the Boise City is planning two new bike paths, one near Casha Park and another one connecting Broadway and the Fred Meyer on Federal Way. The Casha Park one has had a design phase until about 2013. 23 and the construction is supposed to be in 2024 it's supposed to be about a 10 mile stretch from garden to albany it is hoped to connect the northern part of the park to the uh, the northern part of the park to the northern park because when you kind of go around you have to go around the block the total cost would be about 1.8 million with about 170,000 coming from the boise open space and clean water levy fund and the rest coming from the compass grant Granted, the project has had a hard time moving forward because neighbors are split. Some are excited, others are not because it will remove the trees that kind of gives them a bit of privacy. The other one on Federal Way is supposed to connect the South Broadway Avenue to the Fred Meyer Shopping Center on Federal Way. It will be at Broadway Avenue and then Linder Street and then head south on Federal Way. It is planned to have a concrete barrier separating the path from the uh, car traffic. It's projected to cost about $1.4 million, and funding likewise will be split between that Boise City levy and the uh, Compass Grant. For me personally, I mean, the Fred Meyer one sounds interesting. They're just going to kind of go along the existing road. But I actually grew up really close to the Casha Park area. So I kind of know that area well. And I went by there and visited, I think, maybe a couple months back or something. And um, they already have kind of a bit of a bike path. There's an area, I can't remember the name of the street, but to the northern part that it jumps over the canal and then comes into the northern part and kind of ends on the side there. So they already have some bike path that's kind of built there. Um, but it looks like the next one, There's if you've been around there, and there's kind of a canal that comes in from the north and then stops, and then the two canals kind of meet. There's like a main canal and then a northern canal. It seems like they're probably going to build across that northern canal and connect it onto Cassius so you could just drive straight or bike straight through. But there is technically a place. There's like a dam up to the... Uh, east northeast of the park that you can kind of cross as railing but it's really not very safe because you have this massive roaring kind of waterfall there and so this would be a nicer more permanent thing i mean it'll be cool i know the one they put in there originally they cut down a lot of the really beautiful timber that kind of made the back part of the park so pretty and beautiful that the canal produced 
which was kind of sad. Hopefully it'll like grow back a bit. I don't know if that's more of a permanent decision they made, um, but they were some really big old trees. I mean, as a kid kind of playing around that area that was really pretty. So it's sad to, sad to see that go, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think it'd be cool for it to come to the north, but hopefully it doesn't cut through the center of the park to get to um, the Camas Street there and everything. But also it would be a nice function, but I don't think it's a nice function that's worth... 1.4 million just improve the bridge where the the waterfall is you've already got kind of a road pave it a little bit and you're done it doesn't need to be this huge expensive project but also not something i included in here when you read the article part of the reason that a lot of this funds are being spent is that they're trying to improve the biking infrastructure in boise for renewable stuff and trying to curb carbon emissions and all that stuff um, and i'm not going to get too deep into that but personally um, i don't think our focus on a policy level should be hugely about carbon you know reduction it should be more about coming up with more efficient systems don't look at it as you're putting more emissions here no look what what is the most efficient what helps people the most um what what works here you know bikes definitely are wonderful and efficient we should build more bike lanes but it shouldn't be on the guise of you know evil fossil fuel in my opinion um because i don't think it's hurting the environment quite that much especially with the amount of emissions that modern cars and things are putting out. Which one could make the argument the reason for the amount of emissions that modern cars put out is because of all the regulation that has been put in place, which is a fair thing to say, and I think that's good. But on the flip side, I feel that it was going to happen anyway, even if you didn't have regulation, because people want more efficient things. And what's more efficient? Well, you burn the fuel more efficient. If you burn the fuel more efficient, there's less emissions. But that, that gets into other stuff. It's cool to add more bike lanes. I'm a person who loves the bike. It's great. I'm glad to see it. I just wish it wasn't under the guise of um, some environmental uh, signaling. Next one here is a bit of a modern futuristic type of thing. There's a crypto mining project happening. This comes by the Boise Dev by Autumn, Autumn Robertsons. Sorry about that on your first name. So up in McCall, there's a cryptocurrency mining facility going in at 2119 Ashton Lane near Jug Mountain. But some neighbors have some worries about how the facility will affect them. The two main concerns is power usage and noise. As for power, the building needs three-phase power. According to the project's description, quote, The addition of power was installing a transformer in conjunction with Idaho Power, ensuring service access that allows the addition of 1,200 amperes of three-phase power to the project, which should meet the needs that are required. And on, on the noise level, as some of you may or may not know, crypto mining uses a lot of energy, as was stated above, which usually creates a lot of heat because they have a bunch of GPUs in there that are mining away at the code. So you usually have to have a rather large cooling system to cool those GPUs down, which some fear, for good reasons, would create a lot of sound. But according to the facility, about 20 feet away, it only produces about 50 decimals and then drops off greatly past the edge of the property. But if you have, if people up there have concerns and stuff, they are having a planning and zoning commission meeting today at 6 p.m. to discuss it. They didn't stay in the article, the location, but I assume you can find that out and stuff. I mean, I'm not super into the stuff and the crypto world and everything, but I do know, you know, from a base level, what you do is you have these big facilities and you create racks and racks of server racks. But in servers, you have which are a bunch of drives like SSDs. The SSD stands for solid state drive, which then have your memory. And then, you know, the servers that interact with all that memory that's built. Well, within a cryptocurrency mining facility, you have a bunch of GPUs. Well, what's a GPU? Well, GPU is a, a graphical processing unit. 
And so they usually have a lot more uh, horsepower. I mean, there's definitely going to be some crypto people out there that are going to get mad at me for this terminology. But um, GPUs are a little bit better optimized for mining crypto. And what involves mining crypto is uh, part of the blockchain process. I'm, that's where my knowledge stops. But it takes a lot of power to do that because as you mine more crypto, it becomes harder and requires more effort. Um, and from what I've heard in some cryptocurrencies, especially like Bitcoin, it's reaching the point where it's getting very, very hard. I mean, it's going to get harder, of course. You know, it's an exponential graph to mine. And so it's requiring more and more energy to do these facilities. But because, you know, like a lot of us have seen, the price of Bitcoin has gotten quite high. It's lucrative enough that if you can get just one Bitcoin, that's a lot of money mined um, and so with that those gpos they create a lot of heat and you have to cool that off i haven't read a ton into what facilities do but most of the time i mean you probably are going to do liquid cooling which means you have water that is cooling and being a heat transferring medium and then that's going to go over to a radiator and then a radiator is going to spin a fan so um, I don't know how large this facility is going to be, how many, you know, racks they're thinking about doing and everything, but it shouldn't be too loud than a very large industrial grade like um, AC unit uh, because it's got a radiator. It's just going to pour that liquid through. The fan's going to blow the air past the radiator coils, pull the heat out of it and push it into the air, which I don't think should be that loud. But then again, I don't know the amount of BTUs they're trying to move in this situation. So it'll be interesting to see. On the flip side, I really hope they have some backup power because I know McCall, you know, as much as they try to, you know, help with their power and stuff, the snow and everything up there probably causes a lot of power um, outages and stuff, which I would assume, and they'd want to be running all the time. So hopefully have some Jennies set up for this or some solar power to kind of keep them running at some capacity when the power goes out. I mean, you have the benefit that it's cooler up there for your cooling processes, but um as for your power, I feel like it would probably be less reliable up in the McCall area than it would be down in the valley. But then again, I don't know, maybe McCall doesn't get blackouts in the summer. So they're calculating that because of the amount of usage. I, I'm not sure, but it'll be interesting to see how that goes for them. Next story here, snow and lots of it. This comes from several sources. So let's talk about snow. Love it or hate it. I know it gets a lot of it. There isn't just one single article I used for this. I had to pull from several because there wasn't like one single article. But as I was doing research for the news for this week, I realized that Idaho outside of the Treasure Valley got a lot of snow, just a lot of stuff. I know we got like a ton of rain and stuff and then also some snow, but it wasn't like anything heavy to worry about. But we've got reports here from like the Shoshone News Press of 10 inches of snowfall and Silver Valley, nine inches plus and Pullman. Uh, 6.6 .6 in Moscow and 9.9 .9 north of Moscow on Highway 95, according to the Moscow Pullman uh, Daily News. Plus, the Bonneville County has closed some of its back roads for the winter because I guess they just don't have the manpower to upkeep them and they're not critical enough that they're just like, nope, we're not going to do it. And then you add in the temperatures on general around the state not getting above freezing. So, you know, you're not getting it melting away or anything. Makes for an interesting mix to be sure. I mean, it's not that Idaho isn't experienced with having snow and stuff, but it seems to be a greater amount this year. Um, that or uh, how quickly it happened. One of the articles I was reading, I think it was from the Shoshone Press, they were talking about just how quickly it went from, oh, look, the nice little sand snow to having like five, six, seven inches of like the thick, sticky snow that's a lot harder to move. Um, but it's good to kind of test the equipment and everything. I know for me, there again, I've talked about this before. I like the snow. The snow is nice. I like. 
But then again, I live down in the valley where we get it periodically. And so it's more of a novel thing than it is for the rest of the state where you guys are having stuff, you know, and things and wrecks and closures and things. And it probably can be bothersome. Um, but it has been interesting to see. I mean, on the positive side, look at it this way. We get more snow. We get to fill up all of those reservoirs. I know there's a lot of them like uh, Owyhee Reservoir um, has been rather low over the last couple of years. And some really heavy snow and rainfall would probably be really, really good for that. Um, especially for agriculture, especially for power, as much as we don't like it sometimes. But that added snow that we're getting, if we can continue this throughout the year, will be amazing to help with both the agricultural side of it and the power um, production side of it um, in the general state. Because I know last year we were a little worried there in the first half about not going into drought season. And then we had a bunch of, I think it was either rain, maybe it was rain, maybe it was snow. I want to say it was rain that we had that then helped met that threshold where we weren't going to have to worry about water requirements in the valley, which was really encouraging. But it'll be interesting to see. It seems that the rest of the state will have a white Christmas. As for the Treasure Valley, that will be interesting to see. I also wish you Godspeed for anyone else throughout the state that is dealing with these heavier amounts of snow. Hopefully you have four-wheel drive. Last one here is the fun article of the day, Cuna American Ostrich Farm. This comes by the Idaho Press by Aaron Rusby. Last one, the fun one. So I didn't know about this, and I doubt most of you did, but there's an ostrich farm there in Cuna. It was started in 2014 by Alex McCoy. The farm is currently home to about 1,000 birds. Now, I know you might be saying they can live here. Well, apparently, yes, and very well. According to the article, ostriches are desert birds, which do quite well on Idaho's southern Idaho's desert climate, although according to Mr. McCoy, they don't prefer the rain that much. Now, what are ostriches good for? Well, their feathers, hides, and meat can be used, but in Mr. McCoy's case, the farm raises them more for their meat rather than the other two. The ones raised here in Idaho don't have the best feather and skins compared to their African-raised counterparts, so they usually don't sell those parts, though some of the feathers do get sold and some taxidermists in the valley use different parts of the birds. But the meat is their main export. They ship it all over all over the world. According to the article, the meat contains less cholesterol than beef, chicken, or turkey and has more protein than ground beef. The ostriches also require less land and water. They only use one-third of the water and one-fifth of the land that cattle usually would use, which sounds very beneficial. Granted, the farm has come on some little hard times lately with COVID and all of this has been hard on them for their meat producing because their main major producer, I think, in the Caldwell-Nampa areas that says in the article, wasn't able to confirm that they would be able to fit the time frame they wanted. So they had to build their own smaller facility in-house, which takes time and money and resources to divert to do the processing and butchering of that meat. But that's super cool. I almost just want to drive by there maybe and see them outside, you know. It sounds like a really cool thing, and I kind of wish I could try a little bit of the meat. Um, according to the article, the guy says it tastes really good. Part of the inspiration that he had for uh, starting the farm was that he did a bunch of running and stuff, and he wanted a uh, alternative that he could consume meat, but it would fit, fit some of the dietary restrictions that he want or needed for his running regiment. And he found out about ostrich meat and stuff, and so he started uh, this farm or whatever, which is super cool. I mean... Another example of that is there's a farm uh, out past uh, Middleton. I'm trying to think. You head north. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but they have a bunch of really wild kind of exotic animals. They don't use them for producing or anything, but it's kind of almost like its own little zoo, private zoo that they've kind of created out there. I think it's called maybe Berry Farms or something. Uh, maybe someone can uh, tweet at me that knows the name of it or something, but 
they have stuff there. I do know a couple years back they lost, I think it was either some camels or some zebras or no, I think it was kangaroos they did. And so for a little bit, when you were out in kind of the Greenleaf, Wilder, Middleton area, kind of in that general Caldwell stuff there, you might actually see some wild roaming um, kangaroos, which was kind of cool and weird at the same time. But eventually they caught them and got them back and they got them before the cold season and stuff because I think they have to have some heating and warmth and special shelter for them and all that. But yeah, still a very interesting story. If you're ever in CUNA, maybe worth a drive by to go see. I don't know if they have a public open area for people to kind of come in and see some of the stuff and maybe buy their meat. That would be cool if they did. I don't know. The article doesn't say, but definitely a cool place to go visit and interesting that that happens here in Idaho. Thank you for listening this long. If I missed something, got something wrong, or you have some advice for the show, send me an email at localyokelidaho2002 at gmail.com or tweet me at localyokelidaho on Twitter. For right now, this show is a one-man show, so I can't afford to go over everything, but I hope I covered as many things as possible. Thank you for your support. That's all for now. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Godspeed. <laughs>